blustery, snowy day. Packers game day. They need it. Gotta have it. It's playoff football from now through the end of the season. In the meantime, you're uh, efforting towards the playoff probably in your uh, in your fantasy league. And the guy, I have not had a chance to talk to him. I was uh, gone a couple of weeks ago on a tour, and then last week was ill, and uh, I have not taken the much-needed ribbing I deserve for getting bounced out of the guillotine league. Our buddy Paul Charchi and joining us on the hotline. Paul, how you been, buddy? Uh, well, I'm still buzzing. I'm still buzzing from the Vikings game. It's four days right? later, and I'm not. I'm not done being excited about that. What is the city like right now uh, up there in Minneapolis? It's uh, this was the win that got everybody on board. You know, it was because the nature of the of the, the, the previous seven wins had all been, you know, I don't want to say fluky, but they'd all been so narrow, and you know, so many things sort of broke the Vikings' way. This was the one where the Viking fans are now like, all right, you just went to Buffalo. You overcame some horrific, really inexplicably bad uh, refereeing, and you found a way to come out of a win against, you know, the team that most people thought was the best team in the NFL. Now they're on board. And and the Vikings are underdogs this week against, against the same team you just beat, which is weird. And so, mm-hmm. and maybe even a little bit, maybe better for the, maybe better for the Vikings. Is that a little bulletin board material? But yeah, very exciting here. People are talking about Justin Jefferson versus Randy Moss. You know, is this Kirk Cousins better than you know previous iterations of Kirk Cousins? Talking about the new coaching staff, it's all, it's all very positive right now, as you can imagine. Um, right away, I've got a couple of questions uh, from people that have talked about sleepers. Uh, they've got some injuries on their team. Is there somebody on mm-hmm. the wires that they should be looking forward to? You and I usually get into sleepers at the end of the program. We'll take sleepers early since we've had so many people that talk about injuries and uh, who they could pick up on a wire. Yeah, happy to happy to help with that. And, you know, the biggest problem people have by a mile right now is at the tight end position because – Zach Ertz just went down, and Dallas Goddard just went down, and there weren't enough good tight ends prior to that anyway. And so that's become the spot that's a disaster for fantasy owners. Um, one of them you could try is Tunyon there. If, uh, you know, I think your, your listeners know about the inconsistent results that he's provided, but I'll give you a couple other names at tight end. Uh, David Njoku is the Cleveland tight end who, was, who missed a month of games and may have been dropped. And he just, you know, and they just went on by. It, he was averaging six catches, seventy-six yards before the injury, so that's a good opportunity. Uh, Hayden Hurst coming up his bye for Cincinnati in his five games prior to the bye, four catches for forty yards, and no Jamar Chase, so he gets some extra targets there. And then, if you want to go a little deeper, Arizona drafted Trey McBride as the first tight end off the board last April, and with Zach Ertz out. Uh, McBride got 91% of the snaps last week, so you could give him a flyer if you want to try another another tight end. And that's been the spot that people have really struggled with, uh, Bill, is trying to find somebody resembling a warm body at tight end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and tight ends have been uh, – would you put it as the word less prolific? I mean, we were used to – to, uh, we were used to to you know guys in Kansas City and obviously out in uh, out in San Francisco and setting the world on fire and and now it's tight ends are almost I'm not going to say obsolete but they they don't have the same level of productivity and look that they've gotten in the past right no they really haven't it's um it's we're not you know pa- all the passing all the fantasy points are down overall 
but it's largely because the passers just aren't generating them, and the tight ends in particular have just been it's been awful. If you've had Kelsey, you're set. Anybody else, and you struggle mm-hmm. at some point, and maybe struggled a lot. You know, Mark Andrews was running a great clip until he got hurt, and we don't even know if he's going to go coming out of this bye week this week, which is super frustrating. And then to lose Ertz and Goddard in the same week and probably for the year, devastating, devastating to that position. Yeah. Uh, this one's from Justin who says, fantasy question, should I trade Olavi, Pitts, and Stevenson for Henry? Standard scoring, he said, I'm good at wide receiver and running back, and I'm 8-2. and two. Yeah, so here's the, here's the thing about Stevenson that we should probably talk about. We're talking about Ramondre Stevenson, who has been the lead running back for the Patriots. But here's where it gets really interesting. Damian Harris is finally back. He's completely off the injury list. You know, He had been injured, then he got sick, and he missed a bunch of time, and it, that was about a six-week stretch. And they kind of forgotten about Damian Harris. But now he's at full strength, and last time he was healthy – he was Bill Belichick's lead back, averaging 70 yards per game and almost a full touchdown per game. And we've seen Belichick's backfield take weird turns, Bill. I'm not counting out Damian Harris to significantly eat into Ramondre Stevenson's uh, workload because that's how it was when they were healthy before. And Damian Harris was a 15-touchdown scorer last year. The guy's good. He's going to get on the field. And so if you're going to move on from Ramondre Stevenson, now's the time to do it before people realize that Damian Harris may very well end up eating into his timeshare. Uh, Alex over on the Bud Light live stream says Christian Watson or Josh Palmer. And I'm, I would assume this week you're getting a lot of Christian Watson talk just because he had a breakout so game against much. Cowboys. Yeah. Oh, now why, I really want your opinion on this because here's, here's how it looks to me. First of all, anytime I see a box score that is four passes for three touchdowns and you've never done anything else in your career, I'm immediately skeptical, but Here's what I like. I love that he played 52 snaps last week, a career high. I love the track star speed. But more than anything else, I love that the Titans are allowing the most air yards per game. And Watson just saw 75% of the Packers targeted air yards last week, the highest single game figure all season. The long and short of these air yard metrics is the Titans are getting burned deep. And Green Bay can throw to Christian Watson deep. I mean, this is what he does. He runs straight. He runs fast. He's your new MVS. So I think there's a good chance here. And you got all those injured cornerbacks for the Titans. I think six. I think six different cornerbacks are questionable right now. I think I think Watson could be sitting on another good game here. What do you? How do you see it? Is it any different? First than of that? all. No, first of all, I agree with you. I think a lot of the offense is going to run through him. I think they're starting to gear the offense in that direction because of his speed. The one thing that I've noticed about Christian Watson, because people are kind of saying, well, he reminds me of Devontae because he's able to get off the block. He's, no, Devontae's mm-hmm. technique. Devontae's very good technique-wise. Christian Watson, watch his feet. He's so freaking quick. He's yeah. just quick. He just gets away from you, and by the time you get your feet set, he's two steps he's ahead of you, and you're not going to catch him. Yeah. Right. So right. that's where he's so good. So I, I think they're going to go to him. We'll probably see a downfield shot, two, maybe three. But also don't forget you're getting Cobb back tonight, and Cobb's the mm-hmm. safety blanket. So if Watson's not open and not Rodgers, you know, he gets a couple of drops and Rodgers doesn't trust him, they might look to Cobb a little bit more this evening, who was having a hell of a season before he went down with the injury. I do think they've got some trust in him. They're going to take some shots to him tonight. So I agree with you. I think uh, if I'm going to start somebody, Christian Watson might be the guy to start. But I, I'm like you. I'm still folding my arms on the sideline saying, do it, do it in back-to-back games. 
Don't do it in one. Because mm-hmm. the, the record prior to this, I can't, I, I can't get Detroit out of my head. Detroit was <laughs> awful. Right. That, you know, that was such it was a awful. Spot. Yes. That, that should, it, you know, we should have seen this kind of pro, passing pro, uh, proficiency the week before that as well. Right. And if, if it were, this were a different opponent, I'd be talking about making Christian Watson prove it. Titans are a very good run defense, a very bad pass defense. So I still like Christian Watson this week. Now, that said, I have Joshua Palmer. Josh Palmer ranked higher, to go back to this guy's question. So I'd still go Josh mm-hmm. Palmer this week. But I, I'm optimistic on Watson tonight. I'm optimistic on Watson, but I'm still of the ilk of uh, show me again, and then I'll become a true mm-hmm. believer. Uh, this is from Cheddar Balls, says Devonta Smith or Kadarius Tony. Cheddar Balls? <laughs> Cheddar Balls. That's a guy's name, man. <laughs> All right, let's talk Kadarius Tony because this affects a lot of people. He's the hot waiver wire pick of the week coming off his big game against uh, last week um, when he came in and blew up a box score that we hadn't seen yet before, and everybody's excited about Kadarius Tony as the new toy for Patrick Mahomes and his Chiefs offense. But, Bill, let me ask you this. Do you think it was a coincidence that Kadarius Tony suddenly showed up in the box score in a game in which Juju Smith-Schuster got knocked out on the first drive, mm-hmm. literally knocked out, and Mecole yep. Hardman missed the whole game. No, I think it's uh, the only guy you had to have. <laughs> so you right. give him an opportunity. Much like Pollard. You know, once Zeke Elliott comes back, Pollard's numbers are going to go down. But we knew Pollard was a good running back to begin with. So Pollard yeah. numbers go up. Everybody's, like, all over him. Is there a controversy? But you know as well as I do, the minute Zeke comes back, Pollard goes back to being a second-level second, second level guy. Exactly. And that's how I think it's going to go for Tony. Once, you know, once you get Juju back, maybe this week and once Hardman's back and MVS right now in Kansas city, he's battling illness, but assuming he plays Kadarius, Tony's just going to turn into, you know, what I think he is, which is more of like gadget guy and occasional big game. Nicole Hardman has games where we look at him and go, my God, he looks amazing. And then he disappears for a month and they throw to him like once a game. And that's I, I think that's more than likely where where Kadoni is going to end up with right now. Going to end up being, although this week he might be a better play just because everybody is hurt. Uh, Brett says, uh, "Hey guys, would you start Randall Cobb tonight in the slot with the weather being what it is in Green Bay? Uh, he doesn't list who his other starter is though. So I uh, would would you play if you have Randall Cobb on your team? Would you play him tonight? Um." You know, uh, potentially I would. You know, it you know it really just depends on on. It, it, I would have to have a certain level of desperation, though. Cobb is a very very infrequent fantasy contributor at this stage of of his season. Now, the a lot of this comes down to the slot cornerback. A guy named Elijah Molden is the slot cornerback for uh for the for the uh, Titans. He is just a he's just a dude. There's nothing special mm-hmm. about him, and that's you know that does provide an opportunity if you want to try to just play that particular matchup. Um, I'll give you a little bit to go on here. Let me see a little Elijah. Let's learn about Elijah Molden together, if we will. Started one game this year. That's it. He's the projected starter tonight, and he's given up one of four targets in his coverage in the last game, which is not very much. I don't know. This doesn't. It feels like an okay opportunity. That's it. Uh, this one is from uh, Keith. Keith says, uh, this is a tough one because Lamar Jackson hasn't always given me the numbers. I have oh, Justin no, Fields as my backup. Would you, yeah, would you play Justin Fields against the Falcons or Lamar Jackson at home against the Carolina Panthers? Good question. Get, the, get this about Lamar Jackson. 
since week four, he was doing very well through the first three weeks. He was running and passing, and everything looked great. Then Rashad Bateman got hurt, and the whole thing unraveled. Since week three, Jackson ranks 22nd in quarterback fantasy points per game. 22nd. That means whoever your other quarterback is has generally been the better choice than Lamar Jackson. And here's Justin Fields. He's been a top five fantasy quarterback for a month straight. He now ranks sixth in the NFL in rushing yards. Think about that. He's a yeah, quarterback. Yeah, he's all over the joint. Yeah. He's, he's on pace for a 1,300 rushing yard season. He's my number one ranked quarterback this week. All right, there you go. Uh, that's the reason we go to go to charge. Uh, this one is, uh, would you start Rodgers or Mahomes this week from Todd? Um, I like Rodgers more than most this week, but I'm not taking him over Patrick Mahomes, you know, pretty much in any week. So, and even if Juju doesn't go and Nicole Hardman doesn't go, you know, Mahomes will find ways to get things done. Chargers secondary has been improved of late, but Mahomes generally performs very well against the Chargers. In the earlier matchup uh, this season, he threw two touchdowns against them, and we're going to stick with the consistency of Patrick Mahomes here. And they're playing at SoFi, a controlled atmosphere, too. So, uh, <laughs> Well, it's a home reason. game. for SoFi's yeah. a home game for the Chargers. Or, sorry, for the Chiefs. Yeah. 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 A lot of people out there. And Chargers, they don't draw nearly the way the Rams do. And even then, it's a late arriving crowd, to say, to say the very least. Uh, Backyard Brews says, uh, Matt, uh, Moreau or, uh, and Slayton or Lazard? I'd go with Lazard. I just think, you know, Lazard's been uber consistent over the course of the season. I still feel like, you know, if they're going to pass from the seven-yard line, where's Aaron Rodgers going to throw the ball? I think it's going to Alan Lazard. I just still feel like he's, you know, for all the upside that you get with Christian Watson, you get the security of Lazard. And, you know, I know that shoulder injury is still bugging him some, but he's playing through it. And, again, these cornerbacks for the Titans all banged up. I've got Lazard way up at, at wide receiver 14 this week. Charge, I know you got to run. Hey, I was happy to I play do. in the guillotine league and at least make, make it halfway through the season. So for my first That's shot in the guillotine showing. league, I was pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah. That's a good it. showing for a first-time guillotine leaguer. You should be proud of that. You should be less proud that you didn't put Travis Etienne in your starting lineup. <laughs> I know. That, that would have kept you alive by itself. That's all you had oh, to do was set your lineup. I know. Man. I know. I know. Next I got busy and I got I stupid. So. I couldn't help it. There you go. <laughs> we'll Charge, you, you go week. have a good rest of the day, buddy, and we'll talk to you soon, okay? Thanks, pal. There you go. That's Paul Chargian joining us for a couple of minutes over on the hotline. I know he's got to run. He's got, uh, boy, he's got a tight schedule. He is all over the country today uh, on many different radio stations uh, doing the doing the fantasy thing. Good stuff from Charge. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at New Male Medical Treating Guys, ED-wise, everywhere. And all you got to do is call one phone number. They got a 98. They have a 98% success rate at treating guys with ED. That's 98%. Call them 414-455-4451. How about uh, if you're sluggish, if you're moody, if you're tired, you can't figure out why you just don't have energy anymore, and you're starting to put on a little bit of weight, and you're over the age of 30, you're like, crap. I'm telling you, it could be just low T. It's something very simple. Just go in and get your numbers checked. It takes maybe 10, 10 minutes. Stops. That's it. 10 minutes. No big deal. Stop in. Or we know it's that season. You just came out of eating all the kids' candy, or maybe your own candy for that matter, 
of the uh, the cookies, pies, and, pay, and baked goods season coming up. And you just got done with the Halloween stuff. And then you've got Christmas around the corner. And you're putting on the weight. And you don't want to look like an inner, human inner tube come summer next year. Jump into the All-in-One Weight Loss Program right now. Call them, 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. Phone lines open. Give us a shout. Packers, must win tonight? Hell yeah, I believe it is. Do you? More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Blustery, cold, snow flying. Uh, got home last night, and as I would mentioned, uh, I came in. I didn't even re- reset the studio. I just left all the equipment in the car, and I came inside with my backpack and sat down on the bar last night and got a little work in. But what I wanted to tell you was, and I brag about it all the time, I always run downstairs, and it's stupid, I know, but if you're a homeowner, you get it, okay? For years, for the first three years I lived in this house, uh, I got a room in the house that was always cold. Okay, it was always I, the, the heat. Just I got radiant heat around the baseboards, and it just, the, the the great room just could never keep up. If it, it, cold days like this, anything below thirty, I would usually shut that room off because I would turn the heat on in that room, and I would set it at seventy, and it was always at like sixty six, sixty seven, and the heat was running all the time. It just would never catch up, and it was mainly because I believe uh, the big patio door that I had down there. Well, then you all know that I've had the patio door replaced. Pella came in and replaced that patio door. And I'm just, I can't wait for it. And I, not that I want to see it, you know, five or 10 below, but those days I can't wait for because right now that room has not fluctuated one degree. It has been fantastic. I'm stunned that a room that big is, is holding its own because of one patio door. That's it. Uh, I, I actually hear the heat turn off. It's fantastic. And that is because I, I called Gina Della from Pella, and they came in and installed that patio door, and it's been fantastic. And if you're looking for economical factors for your home, I'm I'm still f- waiting to find out what the, the gas and electric bill is going to be because it's got to be lower than it was last year. And uh, I'm giddy. That door has been fantastic. Go to PellaWI.com, PellaWI.com. The doors, their windows, awesome. Awesome. I swear by these things. Awesome. PellaWI.com right now. No money down, no interest, no payments. Two years. No money down. No interest, no payments. Two years. Go to PellaWI.com uh, or call them 855 PellaWI. That's 855 PellaWI. And I'm telling you, you'll be stupid and giddy just like me. You'll wake up in the morning, you'll run down, you'll check your room and you look at the thermostat, and you're like, oh, my God, this is fantastic. And it's all because of that one patio door that I had replaced. That's our friends from Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Um, this is uh, – I've got a couple of emails to get to here, uh, but uh, phone lines are open, by the way. Uh, this one is a must-win game unit. I agree with you. They've got some tough games coming up, but this against Tennessee is a must-win because Tennessee is decimated with injuries right now. I believe the Packers are going to win 27-17. And I hope you're right. Not picking them, but I hope you're right. What are the reasons the Packers wouldn't win this game? I guess if you're like me, okay, let's look at it from the opposite side. 
Um, if you take off the green and gold glasses for a minute, why would the Packers not win this game? Ben, if you were going to say, no, the Packers aren't going to win this one, and here's the reasons why, why would the Packers not win this game? I have a weird sense that toughness and, you know, the Titans, not the most talented team, but they are, they kind of go after their head coach and take his mantra. The toughness sticks out. Derrick Henry obviously sticks out. And then offensive ineptitude, right, where we see what happened against the Cowboys and it could continue like that. Or, in theory, they could go back to what it was for the weeks prior. I... There's there's a few reasons I would look at it this way to say, okay, if the Packers don't win this game, here's the reasons why. One would be we see the offense the off if they're really stout if Tennessee is really stout against the run and the Packers can't run the football, suddenly or they're putting pressure up the gut, all of a sudden we revert back to the RPOs. Aaron Rodgers standing in shotgun, not much play action at all. Because remember the the success they had out of play action, two touchdowns. And 355 out of the 411 yards were either running or play action this past weekend. If you get away from it, you see you're, you're going to see your results go way down. So I think first and foremost would be the play calling. Secondly, we start to see the penalties again. Big plays, penalties downfield, big plays being called back. Uh, they're not pressing the chains. They're not get, putting themselves in good down and distance. That's number two. Number three, obviously, turnovers. Number four would be is if they just don't sell out and can't stop the run for whatever reason. If they just don't sell out and can't stop the run, um, that would be the other area of this. If if, if Tennessee goes on long drives, um, suddenly you know Derrick Henry really starts to feel it and starts to run with that force and that power and the momentum, and the Packers just aren't selling out, like much like Joe Barry talked about earlier this week and, and swarming to the ball and gang tackling and such, if they don't sell out for that, you know, if they don't sell out for that. Um, those are some of the reasons I can see the Packers not winning. These are all the reasons that we've seen this team lose five straight. Which is why I sit here and, and when, when people go, how can you not pick the Packers? It's because for five games in a row, they looked inept. They, it was a sure win playing against the Giants over in London, and they, they, they pissed it away. It was going to be a win against the Commanders. They couldn't get it done. And then you thought, there's no way you know, you're going to lose to the Detroit Lions. You couldn't have played a worse game if you tried. It was like you had money on it on the Lions and you were throwing a game. It was that bad. I can't unsee that. You got manhandled. I mean, ass whipped up front by a a Jets defensive front that wanted to get all over you. So for all of those reasons, I can't unsee that. I want to pick the Packers in tonight's game. And there's a lot of people, including yourself, that are talking me into picking the Packers in tonight's game. But I, I keep saying you can't go with that 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 emotion. You got to go with your gut. My gut says don't unsee what you've already saw. So uh, just for tonight, I'm, I'm I hate to say, it, but I'm still going to go in the, in 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 the way of of Tennessee. They've been able to figure out the you know way to win games. But like I said, desperation for the Packers. They're, the fact that they're now in the you know, in the playoff mode, they got to win every game. Secondly, would be 
for the Green Bay Packers. The Thursday night game, being at home two games in a row, Tennessee having to travel, doesn't bode well for the Thursday night team, uh, the road team, all that, those reasons, I would say, okay, I could take the Packers. But I just can't unsee what I have saw. So um, one more time, I'm going to hang in there and just say, I know it's a coin flip, but I'll take Tennessee in a really close game. But, but I, I man, I, it wouldn't surprise me if the Packers won. Maybe they found something in Christian Watson. Maybe his confidence level is now through the roof. Maybe his ability to something clicked where when they said, hey, no, we're coming back to you, start you know paying attention, get your confidence back, whatever you got to do, catch the ball before you run with it, but you can run with it and go. And nobody's going to catch you once you catch it. But you got to catch it first. Maybe something snapped. Maybe maybe something clicked into place for him, and he's, he's, he's going to be the answer. But you got Lazard, who's another weak you know, removed from the shoulder injury. Cobb is coming back. Still got the ability to throw to Tunyon. You got your your duo in the backfield. Your offensive line is now pretty much intact for two, three weeks in a row now, three games in a row anyway. And, you know, now you've got uh, your full complement, short of Romeo Dobbs. So I think the Packers can win this game, but I still, I just, I can't pick them because I can't unsee what I've seen. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Got a lot more to get to. Hang in there. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. Stay tuned. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. the program good to have you on board don't forget about our friends at kane and kane jewelers we're coming into that season we all know it when you're going to want to uh start thinking a little bit about the uh the jewelry season for that special somebody to buy for or for yourself for that matter who cares come buy something for yourself but uh get a hold of our friends at kane and kane jewelers k-o-e-h-n it's worth the trip to head to uh to head to West Bend, and also, uh, guys, listen up. If you want to find out more about jewelry, maybe how to buy, there's a podcast called The Buy Like a Guy, B-U-Y, Buy Like a Guy. Andy Kane puts it together. Does a really good job, too. Really good job for the podcast. But uh, it is, uh, it's a guy podcast. It's a jewelry-based podcast, but uh, it's good stuff. So check it out. Go to Buy Like a Guy and uh, subscribe. Uh, one of the other side notes. Now we didn't talk. I was I was gone last week when the attorney general made the announcement regarding the lawsuit um, uh, for the Washington Commanders. Uh, they are not only going after Ben. Did you cover this while I was gone at all? The lawsuit uh, alleging that Snyder, Roger Goodell, the NFL, they all colluded yep. to deceive the fans. Did you guys go over that? Yeah, we did. Was there was there because I didn't get a chance to really talk about it. But it's it's a piece that they're doing, I know, on ESPN, and I think Jeremy Schaap has been kind of covering this and doing a behind-the-scenes, so to speak. But um, did, was there anything in that that shocked you or that made you kind of pause, you know, finger-to-forehead for a minute and go, hmm? I mean, the press release from the day before, but I think we addressed that when they yeah. brought in Brian Robinson to the equation. And we're saying, hey, yeah. look, our running back was shot and we helped you. So right. now you're coming after us. I wasn't that surprised to see Goodell on it because they're going after the NFL as a whole. And hopefully it spurns action for Goodell to get rid of right. Snyder. But not really. 
Yeah, there was not a I, because it kind of went. It, it came and went, and that was it. It was like a, a puff of wind. Uh, I did say the commanders and Daniel Snyder lied to D.C. residents about what they knew about a toxic culture of sexual harassment, and then they entered into a secret agreement with the NFL and Commissioner Goodell that kept the truth from the D.C. residents, all in an effort to protect their profits in D.C. You can't lie to consumers to enrich yourself and get away with it. That's what this lawsuit is all about, standing up for D.C. residents who were deceived and misled. No one, not even Mr. Snyder, is above the law. That was one of the excerpts out of that. I... uh, I yeah, just because I was asked about, it, I guess it, it came up again. I don't know if it was today on ESPN or something like that, or on maybe Good Morning Football. I I don't know. Somebody asked me about it, and I thought, oh yeah, we didn't get a chance to talk about that a whole lot. And for the main reason, it, it was this big announcement that the world was waiting that they were going to just drop drop some info, man, and they were just going to crush the commanders. And instead, all they did was go, oh by the way, we're going to include Roger Goodell. We're going to include the NFL. We're tired of this. I think the NFL is inching ever and ever closer to um, needing to make decisions on bad ownership and bad cultures. Otherwise, they are coming dangerously close to losing their their exemptions and to where Congress is really going to start to look into their – they're going to open up Pandora's box, and I don't think the NFL wants that. No, I think the NFL is going to move forward, and eventually Daniel Snyder, you know, he's he's going to sell the team because I, I don't think they want – he doesn't want anybody else crawling any further up his colon with a microscope at this point. But I uh, I have a feeling that uh, this is this is going to go away rather quietly with announcements being made. The team is sold. They're getting rid of it. Uh, they're going to move on with better people and all that, and they're going to appease everybody that's screaming for, for heads to roll right now. I don't know. The D.C. attorney general said even if the team is sold, that they're still going after him. So I think after Daniel Snyder. Yeah. And yeah, no, I don't I don't doubt that. Well, when we talk about discovery, because this is a legitimate lawsuit or it isn't just something that can be swept under the rug like the NFL does with so many other things. This is something Mm. where they're going to be in a courtroom and they will go inside his colon and find everything. Then we'll also see it. We are still. We are still waiting for all of the, the, the rest, the finality of the sexual harassment atmosphere and lawsuits. You know, the women were called on the Capitol Hill. There were subpoenas issued, you know, fists pounded. We're getting to the bottom. And then it just went dormant. There's been no real headline breaking news coming out of any of that investigatory process. Has there been? that I know of that made us all go, whoa, wait a minute. Not in terms of changes. Well, they just said it happened 15 years ago and they've since changed their ways. Right. They press released the heck out of it. Everybody was on Capitol Hill. The committees were all gathered. Everybody was pounding their fists. This is unacceptable. We are going to bring Daniel Snyder to Capitol Hill. He is going to answer all of this. And then remember, he went on this, I got to go overseas on commander's football business. And he was out. And then he did a little bit of a deposition, but it wasn't anything major or public. And we haven't heard anything since. There really hasn't been much of anything. So, you know, I, I... 
I, I have lost my faith in the investigatory power of the government in the sense of I believe they are. I look at it this way. Uh, back when baseball, and I know I'm getting off track, and we're going to get to our picks against the spread coming up, but back when baseball, Bud Selig needed, look, it was bad. In 1998, the, the home run chase was on. It rejuvenated baseball. And as the years went on, and Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa became these bloviated caricatures of baseball players because of steroid use and with everything coming out, Bud Selig was trying to get steroid testing and PED testing into baseball, and Donald Fear was adamant it wasn't going to happen. So he does the wink and a nod to Tom Daschle and company, and they haul their asses up on Capitol Hill, and we're going to get rid of anti-exemption and antitrust, and we're going to do this, and we're cleaning up the game. And that was the only way Bud Selig could get results, was to go there, have the emperor have no clothes, be somewhat humiliated, but ultimately in the end get what you want, and that was testing for baseball. And that's what he got. I think this is government. We're going to go after you, Roger Goodell. This guy's a scumbag. We're going to take down the NFL. We're going to, and then winking and on. Okay, thank you very much because you're going to press this guy to basically sell his team, get away from us, and then you're going to leave us alone, right? Yeah, okay. I, I, that's what's going on. That's what I see happening. I don't see much coming of this. I see Daniel Snyder selling the team. There's probably a few lawsuits that he's going to pay off, but don't forget, Daniel Snyder's going to get, what, $5 billion? <laughs> put into his bank account, you know? So he's not worried about it at all. He's he's like, yeah, come after me. I'll pay some fine. Sure, what the hell? I'll I'll go ahead and get rid of these uh get rid of these law. I'll pay everybody off. I don't care. <laughs> okay, sue me. How much you want to sue me for? A million dollars? Ah, give it to you. Here you go. I got billion, five billion. Go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and buy an island somewhere and I'm off and I'm gonna go do my scumbag thing somewhere else. So I don't I don't think we're ever gonna and there, nothing major is ever going to come from this. And if there is, I'll be somewhat surprised. Uh, let's do this. I, I've rambled on long enough about that, but uh, we'll get back into our NFL picks against the spread coming back after the uh, the commercial break. So stay tuned for that. Uh, hey, if you're out and about tonight, you're looking for some good, uh, we'll say, comfort food as you get ready to hunker down and watch the game. If you're not going to do the pizza thing, maybe do the Italian food thing. And that is with our friends from Albanese's Roadhouse on the west side of Milwaukee, uh, actually out in Waukesha, right there on Blue Mountain Road, next to Menard. Stop in, tell Joey and the gang, hey, I'm going to get some takeout, maybe even sit there at Dominic's Sports Bar inside uh, Albanese's and uh, and grub down. But uh, get yourself some food, get yourself some th- uh, something good, and get ready for the Packers game tonight. Good, good stuff from our friends at Albanese's Roadhouse right there, Blue Mountain Road, next to Menard. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michaels Show. We're going to give you our NFL picks, uh, three of them coming up. Betting-wise, against the spread, coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. It's the Packers and the Titans. Kickoff tonight at 7.15. The Packers are asking fans to be in their seats by 7 o'clock for a new strobe light show during player introductions here at Lambeau Field. The Packers are now 4-6. and six. Can the momentum after beating the Cowboys in overtime carry them to a win over the 6-3 and three Titans tonight? Packers running back A.J. Dillon says, yeah. It's big. Uh, anytime you can get positive momentum is great. Uh, same thing when you're going, like, drive to drive, you know. 
know, you have a good drive, uh, you score, next drive you go out there as an offense, you feel like you can do it again. So, you know, we just won. We feel like we can do it again this week. On defense, the Packers will have to stop one of the best running backs in the league and perhaps a future Hall of Famer, number 22, Derrick Henry. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. He's a freak of nature. You just don't find guys that are that big and that fast. If he gets going, it's going to be a long day. So you got to do a great job of trying to contain him, bottle him up, try to get him going laterally because once he gets going downhill, it's just like a freight train rolling through there. The Titans coming off a 17-10 win at home over the Broncos. Derrick Henry was asked after the game, how did Denver's defense hold him to just 53 yards rushing on 19 carries and no touchdowns in the game? A lot of problem in the box. I got to play better, no excuses. I feel like I could have done a lot better than what I did and um, and uh, get past it and then you know, do everything you need to do, get your body ready, quick turnaround, and get ready for Thursday. You were in and out of the tent there a couple of times, just what was going on. Say it again? You were in and out of the tent a couple of times, just kind of what was going on there. I went to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's Titans running back Derrick Henry. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Of the program brought to you by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Don't forget to also coming up tonight after the game, it's the uh, Green and Gold Post Game Show. We're going to be right here, uh, right here after the game, taking your comments, calls, reactions, emails, tweets, everything over on the Bud Light live stream as well. So look for us coming up tonight, the Green and Gold Post Game Show, live after every Green Bay game. And uh, we're going to have post game audio for you, the reports uh, from coaches, players, Mike Clemens live inside the locker room. So we got all of that. Coming up tonight, uh, immediately following the uh, the Packers and the Titans. Make sure you catch it right here. All right, time now for uh, predictions sure to go wrong and picking via the spread. Ben Kenny, I'm going to let you go first, man. So standings, you, you need to catch up, so I'm going to let you go first. I'm only down two and a half games. I'm 13, 16, and one. You are 16 and 14. And okay. uh, those numbers do not need to be audited. I can confirm they're accurate. <laughs> I'm going to start with the game tonight, Bill. I said it last night. I'll continue. I'm taking the Packers. I just, I have a great feeling after Dallas. I think the offense is different with Christian Watson on the field, not just with his production, with everybody else. I think they will need Quay Walker's game of his life when it comes to stopping Derrick Henry because Devontae Campbell's out, I believe. Got to be a huge Quay Walker game. Titans have covered seven straight, weirdly. Uh, and they're six yeah. and three, but I, I'm not all the way in on them being that great of a team. They just find ways to win, which is impressive. But I think the Packers cover the three. I think they keep the momentum going, and then we look forward with maybe playoff hopes. Uh, I'm hoping you are right. Otherwise, you have just given the Green Bay Packers the giant open mouth, tongue down the throat, sloppy wet ki- west ki- wet kiss of death. I'm good at that. I'll look, I'll look forward to... Uh, I look forward to talking about it tomorrow. Uh, my uh, my lock here, uh, I have no idea why the Giants. The Giants are not, uh, they're not great by any stretch of the imagination, but they're still 7-2. and two. They're 4-1 and one at home. And even though the Lions are starting to feel it, and the Lions can score, but I just don't think the Giants are going to uh, give up this one. So the Giants are giving three as the Lions come to town. I'm going to take the Giants at home to cover the three, beat the Lions by five or more, 
and therefore cover that spread. I got the Giants going to eight and two on the season. The Lions going to three and seven, and the Giants covering this game. So that is my pick: the Giants in the Meadowlands to get the win. There you go. Uh, what else you got? I was going to pick the Lions. There are a lot of three-point spreads this week. It's fun. Mm-hmm. They're like seven yeah. three-point spreads. I'm going to take a similar game. I'm taking the Bears plus three on the road in Atlanta. Um, Atlanta's w- winning some games. They're four and six, but they can't really throw the ball. I don't know if they could take advantage of how poor the Bears defense is. And right now I want to hitch my my carriage to the Justin Fields wagon and let him carry me to a cover. So plus three okay. Bears. All right. This one is tough because I think there's more riding on this because they are now upping that to anywhere from four to five feet of snow in Buffalo. That game has still not been moved. The NFL waiting to make a decision. They have until four o'clock to, uh, tomorrow, uh, Eastern time, to make a decision, three o'clock Central time. So we'll see if they end up moving it. But Buffalo with an eight-point spread. Normally, I would say, hell yeah, I'd take that in a heartbeat. A couple reasons why. Buffalo is coming off of a couple of ugly losses. And a lot of eyes now on Josh Allen to say, hey, dude, you're throwing it away. I think this team comes out ready. I think this team comes out loaded. Cleveland is still a week away from from getting Deshaun Watson back, even though he is practicing with the team. If this game gets moved, say, to Detroit uh, in a one of those dome-neutral settings, I'll take the Bills by even more. But if it becomes a snow game and you got to do a plotting game, then it becomes closer and maybe the Browns keep it close. But I'm going to take the Bills to cover the eight that they're giving Cleveland in this game coming up on Sunday. I'm taking the Bills. Oh, I, I, I hope they play in Buffalo. I can't wait to watch it on my couch. You know, I know. Um, yep, I know. My last one. I talked about it last night. There's a weird TJ Watt energy. When he is playing in Pittsburgh, they lose when he's out. They win when he plays. I don't necessarily think they win three and a half point home underdogs to the Bengals, but I'll take them plus more than a field goal and expect it to be close because no Jamar Chase. I still love Joe Burrow, but they're different without him. So I think it's a really close one. Jamar Chase has a hip injury and there's this very quiet whispering in Cincinnati that he went down really weird. Remember the injury that cost Bo Jackson the remainder of his career against Cincinnati, oddly enough, of all teams? They're saying that that now they don't believe that he had any kind of a break or fracture or anything like that within the hip where he's not getting blood flow, but it's a weird hip injury that you don't see very often. And they said this is one of those inhibitors. And so would Jamar Chase be hampered by this? for any length of time via his career. Uh, I don't think so. I hope not because I I think Jamar Chase is what the league needs uh, to have a guy like that, that dynamic connection. But uh, really uh, a lot of nerves right now down in Cincinnati. I'm going, by the way, uh, last week they got beat. They got exposed. Jalen Hurts talks about money being left on the table, that uh, the stench of the errors were being all deodorized by Uh, the wins that they had had, now they get the monkey off their back. They have now a defeat to go with the eight wins. And the Colts flying high after getting beat, or getting the win, I should say, against uh, the Raiders. I think the Colts are going to get dump trucked by an Eagles team coming in seething. And Jalen Hurts going back to paying attention to detail. I think 
it is going to be a shellacking as the Eagles knock off the Colts and cover the seven-point spread, and the Eagles just whip ass in Indianapolis this coming weekend. Cheers. I'm in for that. There you go. Yeah. Um, a good team like that, if they don't respond with a big win in a big way, with, uh, I don't want to say error-free, but close to error-free football, then they are the paper champions some people would call them to be. But I still think they're the best team in the NFC. There you go. We got another hour yet to go of the Bill Michael Show. Hang in there. Pac-Man said he's taking the Colts to shock the world. That would be a shock. The Colts get the win in back-to-back weeks and beat an 8-1 and Eagles team. Oh, that would be a shock. You'd be correct in that. Stay tuned. We got another hour. Is this a must win for the Green Bay Packers? It's all coming up right after this. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.